Today, the final installment of the interview of overcoming adversity and trauma to build a massive real estate investing portfolio. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey, 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 how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. So hopefully you're coming direct from listening to part one of this two-part interview with Naran Kula Thumgum. It's a tough one to say, Naran Kula Thumgum. Thun Thumgin. Sorry, Naran, if I'm butchering your name. I've had to practice it a few times. Naran Kula Thungum. There it is. Woo, got it. <laughs> well, you might mispronounce his name, but you never will forget him after hearing this story. So, Naran, we got a chance to dive in and listen to this. I'm not sure if you saw the video when we first recorded it way back in, oh, geez, was it? It's been a while. It's been a couple of years, maybe, since this one was recorded. I had to dive into the old archive and the old tickle trunk to bring this one out. And I uh, hope you get a chance, Naran, to listen to this. You know, it's been a little while since we've had a chance to talk. So hope you're doing well. And I just wanted to thank you in advance for sharing your wonderful story. Thank you for being such a wonderful leader. Thank you for helping, serving, and guiding others on their journey. Okay, gang, I'm going to keep the intro to this one very, very tight, just like my washboard abs. Oh, wait for it. Oh, I guess it loses the humor when you laugh. I can laugh at your own jokes. So no, but seriously, I do not have a washboard abs. You know, where they, what's the old saying is, you know, real men carry kegs, not six packs, right? No, oh, wait for it. But I have been focusing on my exercise. I have been focusing on my health and fitness. I have been doing, if any of you have been, you know, maybe if you're on my Instagram, you see every Sunday I post the 75 hard update. Now, interesting to note is if for many of you that have been part of this and part of my community, I went back to, I have to probably check to make sure I get this right, but I think it was 2018 was the first time I did the 75 hard. I succeeded at the first, sorry, maybe let me go back. I, I have to remember. The first time I did it, it was 2018. I think it was right around Easter of 2018. I was doing the program and I stumbled on like day 41. I forgot to take a progress picture at that time. And I had, you know, I was negotiating with myself and I was sitting there going, oh man, I, I you know, it's just a picture I'll make up for, you know, come on, what a silly rule. But the rules were of the program. If you missed one of those steps on one of those days, you had to go back to step one and start all over again. So if any of you you're listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, this 75 hard challenge, look it up. It's pretty widespread throughout the community. But I actually, as soon as it, when it first came out in 2018, I think it was 2018 or was it 2019? Man, these, <laughs> seriously, have these last few years just been so weird? I have no idea if it was 2018, 2019, 20, heck, what year is it today? <laughs> like, seriously. But it was when it first came out, it was right around Easter of either 2018 or 2019, dove into it, failed at about day 42. So I had to start over and then I accomplished it at that time. So it took me like, what, about 119 days to do 75 days. So did it that time. I did it one other time the year after, and then I failed three attempts after that. 
failed miserably. You know, one, one I shouldn't say miserably. One time I had such an injury that I had from the running I was trying to do. Yeah. What I was trying to do on one of them was I pushed myself really hard to start running. And I had a knee and ankle and heel injury that just I could not get past it. And so I had to give it up and failed at that time. And then came back a couple more times and just didn't get her done for whatever reason. Right. But this time, 2022, I started January 1st, you know, how, how cliche, if you will, starting January 1st, 2022. And as of the day that I'm recording this, you know, I'm happy to say check marks all across the board, including this is, you know, recording this on a Sunday evening and it's getting later. I still have another workout to do. I have more things to do. That's another reason why I'm probably going to keep this intro and extra tight for this is because I still have another workout to get in here tonight. You know, no excuses. Get her done. Okay, gang, with all that being said, this is the conclusion to the conversation I had with Naran Kulathungam, and I hope you enjoy it. And make sure you stick around right to the end. Got a short message for you at the end. And with all that being said, please help me welcome Naran Kulathungam. Segment three, welcome back, everybody. Um, so completely different day out there today, Naranda. Yesterday Absolutely. was crazy at the snowstorm and, and things. So today we got a beautiful sunny day. And usually uh, a lot of the ones I've been doing is just these beautiful vistas. You know, I did one with Brian Polis of his mm-hmm. office overlooking the downtown of yes. where they're at and, you know, out on farms and stuff. And sorry, I don't have much for you to look at here today. What is this? This is uh, Finch, isn't it, or something? Or Albion. Albion and Highway 27, 27 is just over here. So just over. We're, we're not in the nicest area of town. Yeah. But, but we don't need a beautiful area of town to tell a beautiful story, right? So as I'm back here again with Naran, and holy moly, like the story, you know, going way back to mm-hmm. uh, as a child in Sri Lanka and how that shaped who you were coming to Canada as an immigrant with no clothes on your, really the clothes on your back in yep. essence, your whole thing of you're educating yourself. And, you know, when you're at a point where people think that you made it, then all of a sudden you had this accident, yep. right? And they had to restart all over again. Right now, the next line of question we're going to get into is we're going to get into how real estate played a role in all of this, too. So you're at a point where a doctor told you or was a neurologist, neurologist, neurologist Neurologist told you that you needed to learn to read new things to train yourself to there. So I'm guessing you started reading real estate things or or tell tell that story. I did. We ended up I was at chapters. Yep. And uh, we're walking through, and I always wanted to do stuff on real estate yep. interest. So I thought, oh, I need to buy a book on real estate yep. too. You know, I can kill two birds with one stone, so yep. to speak. And uh, I found some big, thick books on real estate. Yep. And I'm looking at it, and my wife, Loria, picks out this book. It's a small book. And she mm-hmm. goes, what about this? And I look at it and go, I don't know. It looks kind of simple. Mm-hmm. And it was by Don R. Campbell, Uh, Real Estate Investing in Canada, right? I remember talking to the manager and I said, this book's been damaged in the corner. Mm -hmm. So he gave me a discounted price on it. There you go. So I went home and it took me a while to get through the book. Mm -hmm. Not because the book is complicated, but because my mind was not uh, functioning uh, with acceptable parameters. Mm -hmm. So I I went through the book. I loved the system. Mm -hmm. And I love the integrity. And I thought if, you know, with this system and the approach the author, Don Campbell, was taking on it, the level of integrity that seemed to ooze out of the pages said, this is something that aligns with my moral compass. Right. 
So I reached out, I got online, yep. found a website about rain, yep. ended up connecting with a member. Mm-hmm. And Do you know uh, who was the member? Remember? I don't even remember okay. his name. No worries. I don't even, he's no longer a member. Okay. Don't even remember his name. Yep. He had some properties up north and he said, you should come for the conference. Yep. So I ended up going to the conference. Yep. And Russell, at that conference, I sat there. You know what I did? I ran and hid in the bathroom stalls. Oh, really? Because I could not handle all the information coming. Right. So I needed to get alone. Yeah, I would imagine the, the amount of information there. And if you can't actually protest it, it would have been yes. not only the hip-hop country, classical, throw in some some heavy metal, some <laughs> grunge, some <laughs> throw in, you know, just loud Everything. screaming, That's tribal right. drums, right? <laughs> Everything, right? <laughs> Everything was going on. Yeah. And I was still not allowed to drive. Yeah. I had removed my license because of my head injury. No. And I uh, had not back to driving yet. My wife, Floria, picked me up from the conference. And she said, how did it go? <laughs> right. And I said, I have a goal. Yeah. And she goes, what? It's not, it wasn't to buy real estate. Yeah. My goal was this. I'm going to come back to this same conference one year from now. Yeah. And in that year, what I'm going to do is in, within one year, I'm going to be able to stand in the foyer outside where everybody talks, yeah. not hide in the bathroom. Yeah. And here was my goal. This is what I exact words I said to her. I want to carry on an intelligent conversation with Don Campbell, Peter Kinch, Mm -hmm. and Russell Westcott. That was you. That was my goal, was to have a conversation with you. Wow. In the foyer and not be able to process it. Yeah. Right? That was my goal. So from that point on, I started pushing myself. And I would go and sit in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Because in a coffee shop, there was distraction. Yeah. And I'd take a book with me and I'd read mm-hmm. a few pages. Yeah. Right? And I would do all the work I could in coffee shops. Yeah. To this day, I work out of coffee shops. Yeah, that's where you have all your meetings. <laughs> all and have all your, yeah, that's, your, that's your office. When we were trying to book a space, and I go, do you have an office? It goes, no, I work out of coffee shops. <laughs> yes, I do. I've, I've uh, lost an owner of coffee shops and... So guys, if you're listening to this, so for some of you that are listening to this, and I know everybody's a high performer and people that listen to this, and I coach some very Mm -hmm. high performing people in real estate. And sometimes we just have to be patient with the process that we're doing and trust the process and not have the goals that you have to buy in a multifamily building. If you don't do it in 90 days, you're going to beat yourself up. Your goal in one year was just to have an intelligent conversation with three people and that was probably more work than you've ever had to do yes. in, in over a 12-month period to do yes. that. Yes, it was also emotionally a lot of work yeah. because you kept beating yourself up going, yeah. you should be able to do this. Yeah. What's wrong with you kind of a thing, right? Yeah. And so a year later, yeah. I came back to that conference and at the end of the conference, I considered RAIN membership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I ended up joining as a member. Mm-hmm. It took me a, close to a year before we bought our first property. Right. It was a tiny townhouse in Kitchener. Okay. And we bought our first property. Mm-hmm. A year later, we bought our second property. Okay. So moving that's very four slow. years. That's four years yeah. in essence, right? Two properties yeah. in four years. Yes. One was to get out of the bathroom. Yes. Right? <laughs> and the next one was to have a conversation, conversation. With, in a yeah. year. And then one house and then two houses. So two houses. four houses. Yeah. Four years. Nice. Okay. Then I noticed that I was getting better. Yeah. I wasn't back to normal yet, but I was much better than 
I was. And I could, I knew myself. I knew that if I came out to a real estate meeting, the next day I was going to be a basket case. I yep. knew that. Yeah. So I just it's almost like a big giant perception of sensory overload and it was yes. like being hung over or something yes. the next day because you just yes. took it exactly so much like in. Hung over. Yeah, it takes so much in, right? Yes. So then what at least I've had some neurologists mm-hmm. actually tell me it is yeah. like being hung over. There you go. That's what they mm-hmm. they've said to me. Anyway, so and then I noticed that I was starting to attract other people's capital. Yeah. And uh, I started placing yeah. other people's capital. Okay. So four years, two places, teaching yourself to learn, essentially. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go to the end and then mm-hmm. we'll come back. So today, as you sit here today, what's your portfolio look like today? Like um, whether you measure indoors or value or whatever, you know, what would we say? I want to give people the perspective of what can happen in a period of time. If I can include the properties that are pending closing. Sure, absolutely. Uh, in the next however month. You, however you measure it. In the right? next month, yeah. we'd be around... 54 doors, something yep. like that. 54 doors. Yes. And give or take, well, when was the buy of the book? The Do you remember the date of the buy of the book? I don't remember. I'd so it was 12 years ago for the accident. accident and then it was maybe 11 years ago for the yep. buy of the book. Okay. 10 years ago. For the first conference. For the yep. first conference. Nine years ago for the first property. Yep. So we're talking a decade. Eight years, yes. A give decade. or take a decade. A decade. Um, now, I've picked up a lot of speed in the last two, three years. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which um, is a typical trajectory most people yeah. get on. Right. Okay. So holy moly, from literally teaching yourself to learn and to read yep. again, to hiding in the bathroom of a conference, to having an intelligent conversation to buy a property, buy another property. Now you're at close, you know, close to 54 doors upcoming right away. And honestly, I, this is just me speaking yep. here. This is just barely even just barely even scratching the surface, really. So, but this is your story. So what did you start doing in the realm of that? Because you ran out of your own capital after the first couple properties that you bought, or did you have to raise capital right from day one? No, I uh, didn't have to raise capital yeah. right from day one. Uh, we did a very, very scary move that I never recommend anybody <laughs> Okay. Does. When we realized that we had no money saved mm-hmm. and we wanted to buy an investment property yep. and the first property, we went and we refinanced our house up to 95% loan to value. Mm-hmm on our primary residence. Yep. We took that capital and we invested in our first two investment properties. Right, okay. Right. Hindsight, looking back, it was a good decision. It However, good decision. I yes. never recommend anybody to, I believe highly, in pulling money risked. out of your yep. own property, yep. but not to 95% loan to value. Yeah. That's yep. just too scary even now for right. me to think about it. Okay. So what would you say, how were people starting to come to you? Like, just the way you were showing up or so you, you were by far, you were not an expert. You'd only had yeah. two places and a lot of people, there's a lot of fear. And I, people say mm-hmm. this all the time is what, but I'm not an expert, right? I, well, I, why would people want to invest with me? Because I, but I, I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That was going through my mind. And yeah. I found it really difficult when people would come to me and say, can you help me with this? Yeah. I would just leave money and clients at the table because mm-hmm. I was not emotionally able to yeah. grasp that. Then it was after a rain meeting. Mm-hmm. I was talking to you and I know you, none of this is scripted. This yeah. is just, this is actually the way yep. it happened. I was talking to you and you looked at me and you said, Naran, the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. A famous quote by Dan S. Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? And I said, I change it a little bit now, actually. I changed mm-hmm. it to the, in the land of the royalty. Mm-hmm. No, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person is royalty. Just to oh, okay. gender, make it a little different gender. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> And you and I had a conversation about it. And you said, you intimated to me that people 
that I was meeting mm-hmm. didn't have half the knowledge I did. Yep. And therefore, I brought value to that discussion on real estate. And that shifted things for me. Okay. And you know what? And I don't think it was a big shift to you for a man of, of as much service and a value you add in service. And I 100% believe the more people you help and serve, the more people that will want to do business yeah. with you. Right. So I think it wouldn't have been a big stretch for you to connect a few of those dots to the amount of people he helped mm. and served and provided value. And then lo and behold, people would have became business partners or money partners out of that as well. So, uh, they would have. Yeah. However, I find that there are certain events mm-hmm. or moments yep. that are catalytical, mm-hmm. so to speak. And that was one of those. I remember yep. walking back from the front of the stage to the back. You had mm-hmm. finished a presentation. Yep. It was the end of the night. You were tired, mm-hmm. and we were walking back yep. together uh, through the tables, and uh, that's when we had that conversation. Mm. Well, you just never know what what yeah. you can say and what you can offer to somebody. <laughs> so, it might be uh, something to be able to change their trajectory, right? Just like one of those little side comments and pivotal moments and yep. things like that. Okay, fully With the real estate more than the doors, mm-hmm. Russell. I'm not sure whether I do a good job of being able to track this. Mm-hmm. But what is most meaningful to me, more than the doors, mm-hmm. is the level of impact that this is the lot. I have been invited into some of the darkest moments of people's lives and into some of their happiest moments. Right. Because of the mix in my life mm-hmm. of being a person of faith, so to mm-hmm. speak, and because of real estate. Yep. I am amazed at the contribution that I've been allowed to make yeah. and I've been part of. And you treat this whole thing about you know raising other people's capital and putting into real estate, you treat it more importantly, just like what I teach very, and sorry, I'm not going to use the term mm. preach, but I maybe to the point of preaching, is that it's more important of the why somebody is doing it and the personal connection and the relationship you're working with than the actual dollars and cents and the money we're going to make and the ROIs. And yeah. Everybody thinks it's about the ROI. Yeah. And everybody thinks it's about the money partners, you know, need to get what kind of return they're going to get and what kind of money. But actually, if you really dive down deep into it, it's so much deeper into that, into their level of why they're doing it. And what does the money mean to them more than anything? Yes. Right? Yeah. Go ahead, please. So what I've found is that when I don't raise capital, Mm -hmm. capital comes to me. Right. And I don't have, I've never gone looking for capital to invest. It tends to come to me because what I do or I try to do Mm -hmm. is to help people make money and have a discussion about money. But more importantly, I help them have a discussion about how they're spending their time. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, I help have a conversation about that which is most meaningful for them. And when we enter the conversation of what is most meaningful for somebody, Mm -hmm. then real estate becomes a process, a a step, a vehicle vehicle, to achieve that, or at least die trying. Yeah. Okay. So I know there's going to be a lot of people here and some people might be Mm. new to the whole game and they say intellectually, what you just said made Mm. sense. Yes. Right. Um, I get it. You know, Russell's been talking about this for a long time. I get it. Now, how do I do this? Like, how do I start? First of all, I imagine it'd be a choice, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you maybe 
you know, I haven't prepped you at all for these yep. questions, but how would somebody take these first steps to being able to have these conversations with people? Like what is the, some, maybe some how to steps? Oh, okay. I'm just going to talk. It's going yeah, to be talk no, off the top um, and let's see, let's see where it goes. So one, get very, very clear and at peace with yourself. So start with yourself. Start with yourself. Yep. Journal. Mm-hmm. Journaling will help reflect back to you who you are. Yep. Get a hold of a handful of people that you trust and air out your dirty laundry. I'm not saying you need to be perfect, Mm -hmm. but you need to own your imperfection. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And once you get really, really comfortable with who you are, Mm -hmm. and not once, while you're getting comfortable with who you are. That's always an ongoing process. Yes. Be the light. Just be willing to be seen. Mm. What does be light mean? Be, be light? Be the light. Be the light. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, uh, I mean, willing to be seen. Yes. Okay. You know, I have people that come to me and say, can you help me raise capital? Yeah. And they want me to help them with what's the system? Yeah. What, what's, what's the, the documentation? What's the that's structures? What's, structure, yeah, all yeah. this. And all those are important conversations to yes. have. Yeah. But they're secondary. Yeah. If you want people to trust you mm-hmm. with their money, they have to be able to trust you. Well, and before that, you have to be able to trust yourself. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And, and some people, I have that conversation is, you know, people will always go, well, I can't believe somebody would do this deal. Like, why would somebody ever do that? And I said, well, I go, first of all, I go, just don't, you're, you're putting your words yes. into somebody else's mouth. It's yes. probably because you don't trust yourself in the process yet. Yeah. Right. If the hardest thing, and I, I'm deadly serious when I say this, the hardest thing I have as an educator, somebody who inspires people to take action, one of the hardest things I have to do is to get people to believe in themselves that they can do this. Yes. Right. Everybody, I believe everybody can do it. The process is not difficult, but the hardest part is actually to get yourself to believe that you actually can do it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So now that we've worked on ourselves, okay. So any more, do you want to add to that? uh, No, I I mean, I think of people like Stephen Covey. Yep. First things first. Yep. Uh, Jordan Peterson talks about cleaning your room. Mm -hmm. Be, hold yourself accountable. Yep. And when you keep your promises to yourself, your confidence grows. Right. So I got really uh, focused on creating standards for myself yep. that were achievable, but still caused me to stretch yep. and then keeping them. And then honoring the promise to yourself. To yourself. Right. Right. And then, you know, how are you ever going to get somebody else to participate with you if you actually can't even honor your own prom- self-promises? Yes. Yeah. Right. And so I'm probably a little bit over the top on that end now. Right. So you're on the far extreme, right? Well, a little bit. you know, my wife and I were having a conversation the other day and I was speaking at an event uh, yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. And uh, 700 people, and it was it was uh, in Scarborough, and it was a big Christmas uh, yep. orchestra, and I was the keynote speaker. And she, she said to me, she said, how come you're nervous about this? Mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm always nervous before yep. I speak. Yep. I said, it's because I don't compete. I don't try and do a good job. Mm-hmm. I have a vision of how my future self yep. is going to deliver this. Yeah. And then I compete with my future self. Yeah. And if I do that, it lifts me to a whole new standard. Wow. So actually a line of question I did want to get under, and I think you might have addressed it already, mm-hmm. but let's go down that route. A lot of people, and I hear I had a webinar last night, mm-hmm. and just there's still a lot of fear around this. And and you say capital comes to you. Mm-hmm. Understood. 
but I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing mm-hmm. that I think I don't yes. know what I'm doing. Awesome. What is some of your best advice for somebody that may be feeling a little bit of the fear? Embrace it. Embrace it. It's right? part of the journey. You yeah. will never, if, if you stop being afraid of what you're doing, yeah. you're not growing. Right. You are not growing. A fear is normal. Yeah. It's how you mitigate that fear. Yeah how you bring it down a few notches. Well, actually, you can use the fear to bring out the best in you. Like yes. it, it's a, a way of getting up for the occasion, right? Some yeah. people fear cracks them yeah. and some people fear makes them break world records yeah. in doing things, right? I often notice that when I'm afraid of something, mm-hmm. within that fear, there is something it points me to, a right. weakness in my own armor. Mm. something that I know that I'm sure about. And because of that, I can then use that to go and address that very issue. Right. So it serves you. It serves me. Yeah. And don't, don't, you know, so many people want to run away from fear and, or they want to avoid it and they never want to have it. As a matter of fact, something from some of your most fearful moments is when you have some of your biggest breakthroughs. Yep. You've just told in your story here, some of the most fearful moments when you were growing up in Sri Lanka, where, where you came together as a village and you had, you know, probably won't use the right the exact words, but God came to you in, in certain yeah. respects in many yes, cases. Absolutely. Um, when you had your accident, right? Yes. And you were fearful about what how do I function as a human yeah. being? A book came to you. Yeah. Right. And then the conference and then different things and yeah. just a, a serving serving at a higher level. Yes. Right. Ab- absolutely. Okay. And and it, you know, um I renoed um property a couple of years ago. And I've done a ton of renos, but this was my biggest reno I had ever taken mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. It was a two hundred and forty-one thousand dollar renovation. Okay. So, you know, we we bought a, a semi downtown Toronto. Yep. Structurally unsound. Yep. We underpinned and uh, rebuilt the whole house and sold it. Yep. But in the middle of it, when we were underpinning, my underpinner calls me and says, "Naran, we've hit groundwater." I go, "Okay, pump it out." And he goes, no, I don't think he understands. (laughs) Exactly. So then, so I realized that sometimes I have to stop and ask myself the question, what does this mean? Yeah. Right. So I go, oh, what does that mean? He goes, you probably need to get down here because the water's coming in faster than we can pump it out. Yeah. So I get down there. By now I'm there and luck would have it. I was able to get my geotech engineer there, Mm -hmm. my structural engineer there and the city inspector. Yeah. We're all down in the basement. Yeah. And I'm looking underneath the window, and that crack under the window wasn't there earlier. And there's water coming in, and these guys are talking about we need to drill down eight feet to hit rock, and mm-hmm. it's going to cost you know a hundred thousand dollars, eighty thousand dollars more. It was going to throw the whole budget sideways. Yeah. I remember standing there, and I was totally afraid. I remember calming myself and saying, "What's the opportunity here? Mm-hmm. The opportunity is not about the project; it's about me." Mm-hmm. How am I going to rise to this level of leadership? Yeah. And my job was to forge consensus with four different people and address the solution. Mm-hmm. And I turned around to them. I said, guys, we need to solve this now. Yeah. The, the options you have does not work. Come up with a better option. Yeah. And I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And within 20 minutes, we had a solution. There you go. And it threw me off budget. Instead of throwing me off budget $80,000, mm-hmm. it threw me off budget $8,000. Oh, there you go. Instead of $27,000, we came to $35,000. So, <laughs> <laughs> good solution. <laughs> yes. But here's yeah. the thing when stuff goes off the rails, mm-hmm. number one thing, it is an opportunity for you to grow. Yes. 
And once you play at that new level, you never get to go back. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is, you know, don't get me wrong. We're not saying go intentionally seek for things to go off the rails. Absolutely not. Avoid them at all costs. Avoid them at all costs. <laughs> However, it's impossible. It will always happen. Murphy things makes will, it so. It always will. Something will go wrong no matter yeah. how good and how much planning and how much praying and how much faith you have. Something will always yes, go wrong. it will go wrong. Yes. So you're not out there seeking it. You're actually, yeah. but no, but what do you do with it is the most important. It is the most important. Right. Okay. You were asking about joint venture capital. We may have gotten yeah, off sure. the rails well, we, here. Well, I was actually going to get into a whole line of, you know, and we can get into lots of some tactical stuff and nuts and bolts mm-hmm. about how you structure it and stuff like that. But I don't know if we need to go that route or not, but we can, if you want, okay. like, and we could, this be, could be really quick. Like, how do you structure things with people, with, with your deals coming in? Do you do, you know, limited partnership corporations, just joint ventures? At this point, everything I've done yeah. have been joint ventures. Yep. Yep. So at this point, I have only one door that does not have joint venture capital yep. on it. And do you do a, a straight 50-50 type splits? Or what, yes. how do you structure your deals? So a uh, structure of deals yeah. works in a couple different ways. Yep. One is sometimes people don't want any risk at all. Yep. They just want to loan and I pay them an interest on it. Yeah, a on, debt investment. The, right? Yep. Just a straight yep. uh, debt on it. Yep. The main way that when I started was I was doing 50-50 splits. Yep. I would take 50% of the profit. Yep. My partners would take 50% of the profit. What was happening was I was attracting a lot of entrepreneurs as my yep. joint venture partners. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to sell the house, they did not want to sell because they saw the numbers. Yeah, and they didn't want to pay the tax bill. <laughs> I, I don't even know whether they, they even yeah. thought of the tax bill. They, yeah. just, they saw the returns they were yeah. getting. And they want to keep it. Yep. So I have to either by contract force the sale of the property. Yep. I have to buy them out or they, which then affects the relationship. Yep. So I did not want to do that. So I still have properties that I've held that, yeah. you know, that just continue because at a 50, 50 split. And we can't yeah. pull the capital out because banks don't like them. And banks yeah. don't like me at this present point because yeah. I got too many doors under me. And yeah. so, oh, well, you just have to hold on to you just have to hold and make more money. <laughs> money. That, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Then I recently have shifted mm-hmm. to a different split where I take a much lower in, uh, yeah. profit on it, yeah. but I take an asset acquisition fee at the uh, beginning. I mean, after a conversation you after and I you had. And, yes, yeah. <laughs> an asset acquisition fee yeah. and then an asset management fee. Mm. What this does is it put food on the table now for yeah. me. Yep. Yeah. Because I'm full time. Yep. Right. And that, did that happen after the conversation that we had fairly recent, or were you already thinking about that before? I was already thinking about it, and yep. I had already instilled that before. Yeah. But after our conversation, it got really, really easy and clear for me yep. as to how to and structure. And then I shared it. that uh, interview with Mike Ponte with you. That's at the right. Time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I listened to that, yep. and I thought, hey. This works. I'm yeah. not the only guy out here right. doing this. As a matter of this fact, is not nuts. <laughs> in, in the realm of big capital and bigger projects, yes. it's actually it's a course of act. It's the nature. It's natural. It's, it's not yeah. right. So so, but I, I just actually looked at the time here. I have to reset the cameras one more okay. time. So on the last segment, we'll go one more statement. You know, we might even go two more. Who knows okay. where this is going to go? We have all day. Okay. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more of the tactical side of the raising capital and the joint ventures okay. and structuring. But then also want to get into a conversation about what's next for you. Okay. Um, uh, what is the next thing on the horizon for Naran? So guys, okay. we'll be right back and I hope you're enjoying this and we'll talk to you right away. So welcome back, everybody. Segment four here with the one, the only Naran. So one of my goals has been, um, as you guys can tell, is I, I want to bring people to you that maybe you've never heard before. I honestly think Naran... 
there is something bigger here for you coming very shortly. Like, uh, I think your story and who you are and how you serve and how you help people, you need to be brought out to a larger group of people. Mm-hmm. And Thank I know you. you're already doing some speaking and, and things like that too. And my attitude always in everything in life is, um, I don't ever look at anything as a competition. You know, some mm-hmm. people will sit there and go, well, why would you want to bring somebody? Maybe Naran's going to be your com- competitor one day. And I said, a matter of fact, I hope Naran does better than I ever do. And I know you will. You already have. because I highly doubt well, that. <laughs> I, I know so. you will because my attitude 100% is I get inspired by mm. other people that do amazing, great things. And that just does it just helps me serve more people mm. at the same time. If I sit in there looking at you as a competitor, I would be just stunting my own growth at the same time. So I'm here to help you become as much and as possible and grow as big as you can do uh, because I want to see what that can become. And that will actually inspire so many other people. And then it just actually helps each other, right? It's Absolutely. It, sorry, I probably didn't frame it correctly, but... No, no, but I, I know you, what yeah. you're talking about because I have similar conversations with people mm-hmm. and I just think that the world is so much bigger yeah. and there's so much opportunity that for me, I never see other people as competition yeah. unless they choose to compete with me. Right. Right. I see everybody as strategic partners. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But together, it's, it can be very healthy that if you actually have a drive to want to keep elevating yourself up, but if your intention is to elevate yourself up at an expense of another person or yes. that, then that's an issue. That's, yeah. Right. Absolutely. That becomes an, potentially becomes yeah. an issue. We were talking about in the last segment, we were talking about, you know, getting into some of the nuts and bolts of joint mm-hmm. venturing. And we will go that direction, but I think this is a deeper level conversation okay. for sure. But, um, and you were talking about how you've raised your capital and how capital mm-hmm. comes to you. And then we're talking about now how you structure it. And now you're changing your tactic and doing a little bit where you take a less of an ownership share and you get acquisition fees and yes. management fees and disposition fees yeah. and things like that. How's that transition been going? Good. Yeah. No problem with the conversations. Is it, is, are you sitting there going, why didn't I do this sooner? Uh, No, because uh, I think when we, you and I had the conversation, I'd already initiated that. So all my JV partners that were coming on board at that time, were already aware of this this shift. Yeah. It's a natural evolution. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't know how, what the nuts and bolts of it should look like. And that's where you and I had a chat about it. So what have you come to the conclusion of some of the nuts and bolts? Like what have you implemented since then of, has it just been a structure arrangement in your agreements? Is it just mainly the conversation, get everyone on board? How was that? Uh, So in the shared, I'm doing an acquisition fee up front. Yep. And then one percent, one and a half. What's the depends on my equity share. Okay. Okay. 1% if it's 60, 40. Yep. If it's 30, 70. Yep. It's 1.5%. Okay. Got it. Okay. And then I would take a percentage of the rent coming yep. in. So administration fee, an admi- what, what percentage? Does that depend too? Or d- it depends that- again on the 60-40, anywhere from 5% yep. to 12%. Right? So included in that 5 to 12, does that include the property management costs? No, or that's property even management separate? is separate. Okay. Right? Uh, property management is separate. It really, a lot of it depends on the building as well. Yep. Like some of these are multifamily buildings. Yep, absolutely. And in multifamily buildings, and we're not like, some investors come to me with $50,000 or $100,000 and they're into one townhouse. It's a 20% down deal. Mm -hmm. If I put a huge rental cost on that, as in it's going to kill the deal. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? On a multifamily deals where we're doing 40% down, totally works. Yep. 
because our goal in multifamily is more to buy the property. Because when I'm buying a multifamily, I'm not buying turnkey. I'm buying, buying undervalued, undervalued under assets, right? Utilized some things that need work. They right? need work. Yep. And then whether that work has to do with the management side of the building mm-hmm. or in the, the building itself, right. or sometimes both. Yep. Then after about four or five years, we then transition, we are able to pull capital out mm-hmm. and my investors get that capital back. Right. And as a result, they're very happy. Yep. Their ROI goes through the roof because now their invested capital is low. So we've got zero in. It's, and and in essence, do, that's the goal, right? Yeah, that's the yep. goal. And yep. we do C, a CMHC funding. Yep. No. And then it's just, you know, sorry for, you know, the term uh, Ron Popeil. Do you know who Ron Popeil is? I've heard the Set name. it and forget it. Set it and, and forget, forget it. it. Yes. Then you just set it and set forget it. Set and forget it. it. Right? Yes. Yeah. And I, what is so, that? It's a rotisserie chicken yeah. thing. Ron Popeil is a famous right. infomercial guy. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> set it and forget it. Right? <laughs> Program. You're a chicken guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So really... You subscribe to the pretty, keep it as simple as possible. Keep it as simple as possible. Right, right now I'm doing joint ventures. I am considering yeah. limited partnerships yeah. now, but I have not, I know enough to get myself in trouble. How's yeah. That? And then you don't overcomplicate it. Where you actually get really deep into is the, the qualification and the reasons why you're doing it. You get really deep in a little bit more you do almost like not quite counseling with the people, but you actually offer a lot of life guidance yes. with people and uh, time freedoms and things like that. But the actual the way you structure the money part of it is just really simple. simple. Yeah, it's, uh, The money part is simple. Normally when someone comes to me and says, hey, I'd like to uh, mm-hmm. talk about, you know, maybe investing some funds yep. with you. My pushback usually is, uh, are you sure you want to? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and I kind of push people away. Yeah. Because I don't want any easy come, easy go. Yeah. Right. So I'll often say, you know, you should read this book. Mm-hmm. And I give them Don Campbell's book on yeah. real estate investing. Yeah. Because your first attachment is that they win. That is yes. your attachment. That's right. Is that they win. And um, if them winning means that they do it themselves, you're attached Absolutely. to them winning. Like by means, raw, raw, raw. Let's go, go for do it. this, right? Yeah. Most then, people won't. <laughs> most people, yeah. Yeah. And then if, that, if they read the book yeah. and they come back to me, then I say, okay, if you like that system, mm-hmm. there's a couple of ways you can invest in real estate. Yep. One, you can go do it on your own. Yep. If you want to do it on your own, I will point you in the right direction. I'll introduce yep. you to the right people. Yep. I'll tell you what to read. You yep. need to commit to some time to learn yep. and do the work. Yeah, And be prepared that there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work. I, yep. And I say to people, I say, you can lose your shirt in this business if you don't do yep. it well. I love buying properties that have been owned by somebody who watched HGTV half an hour show and decided to do something. And if you want to do that, go for it. You have my full support. Some people want me to coach them Mm -hmm. on how to do this. And then a number of people come to me and say, Naran, if we did it with you, it's faster, it's quicker, we feel safer. So they will partner with me. So what I offer... The attraction for me that yep. I think yep. that people are being attracted to is safety, yep. integrity, yep. and I will help you learn. Yep. So I will roll coaching yep. into the joint venture. Yeah. Well, and and guys, um, so for many of you, if you've gone through the training, you'll 
what Naran just described was the investor commitment ladder that I teach. Mm. In essence, yes. somebody comes in at just this conversation, you have one conversation, they're very low commitment, right? Yes. They've had to maybe invest some time to read a book. Yeah. Okay, now all of a sudden the next step up on the ladder yeah. is maybe you've had a, a coffee meeting together yes. and then you've talked about maybe a coaching, maybe they become and they get some coaching and they watch, you know, do some uh, further consulting with you and things like that. So their next step up on the ladder. Yeah. And then they now realize how much work it is and they just go, geez, you know, eventually they come to the conclusion is, I really, I don't have the time. Why don't I just work with Uniran? So yeah. you just keep working them up a, you know, and I know you're not probably familiar with this is something I've just recently created a framework is on this axis is commitment going yes. from top to bottom up to, and this one here is money, right? And so eventually you just step people up a ladder. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And what you just did is you also protected yourself. If you ever get people from securities commission ever come and knock and how well do you know this client? Right. Yeah. And you know them because you had a conversation here and you documented, yep. you gave them a book, they read it, you offered them some coaching, you did yep. this. And eventually, eight months later, yes. they became an investment partner. Yes. You know, you know them very well. Time. Done. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You're protected. And the other thing is that, Russell, it doesn't matter to mm -hmm. me. What matters to me is that they take action. Mm -hmm. What does not matter to me is that they take action with me. Yeah. If they can do it on their own, more power to them. Yeah. If they can't, I'm here to help. Yeah, and what, one of the, what's going to work for you? One of the reasons I'm out here in Toronto here is I actually have um, I have two presentations I'm giving, mm. but I actually have three investor presentations while I'm out here too with people from uh, from Toronto okay. in looking to invest in some projects that I'm nice. working on, and that's just the next part of the ladder yeah. is we're now getting together to have the next level conversation, and we're going to talk. Uh, you know, we're going to have that discovery session. It's what I teach now, yes. and I need to get you involved in my. I, I got all my trainings all brand new, just oh, as an FYI. Right? So yeah, I'm putting this on camera you are now part of the community i'll give you full access to everything thank just, you just because of how you've shown up here and how you've helped and i know how many people you can help i'm 100 uh, thank you. you you will be part of our community okay so i'm committing to that so hold me to that okay. <laughs> it's on camera now yeah, absolutely um <laughs> You're so right. I was going to we we seem to be drifting into the nuts and bolts of yeah, the giant yeah. venture. So this let me fine. throw out a couple other Please. ideas on this yeah. that I've learned yes. the hard way. When somebody commits to a joint venture, the first step I do, mm -hmm. and this is after they've said, I've kind of pushed them back and they've come back and yep. said, no, we really want to do this. I then outline the process for them. Yep. And the first step in the process is a letter of intent. Yep. And the letter of intent, I, I say to all my clients, I say, you know what? The letter of intent is simply there so that you and I are clear mm -hmm. on what we're going to do. Yep. And the letter of intent will have how much capital they're going to invest and yep. everything. And I say, once you sign this letter, within 48 hours of you signing this mm -hmm. letter, I need to see a non-refundable yep. initial deposit. And it's a small, it might be $5,000. Yep but it's non-refundable. Yep. The reason I initiated this is because I had one partner who came on and then I had gone and done all the work, yep. found the property, and they decided they had a change of heart. I hear you. And so I thought, well, it, and, and what bothered me about that is it's not just what I do. It's what all my team has done. My realtor, my reputation, everything. it affects everything, right? So... Yep. That's what we did. And, right. um, so I, I do a letter of intent, transfer of capital, initial deposit. Yep. That is part of their investment capital. So yep. as long as everybody follows through, that's part of their investment capital. 
Okay. Um, before and then we, we go, go to the, venture. And then you do the, to the agreement. So before we go past that, sorry, I'm going to put one condition on your enrollment into the community. Um, would you be able to share that letter of intent? Oh, example totally. with you? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Because what I do is I actually have, I think I have three on there right now. Okay. I love collecting other people's Letter things that they do and just different, all different parts of the process. Russell, right? for all I know, this could yeah. be a tweaked up version of your, one well, of your letters. It probably is. is. <laughs> it probably right? is. So, but but our, history. here's the thing so. is um, we have an entire community that wants to learn from each other. So yep. why don't we just, uh, if they're, I would, I'd be honored yeah, if yeah, we yeah. could share that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Good, None, good. No problem at all. Um, so really, you just keep it really simple. And, and really, do you subscribe to the better the qualification process is? Like, the more time and work you do in the qualification, the easier it is to actually execute the deal. Yes. Right. And I'll tell you, one of the things is that what is important to me is that my partner mm-hmm. remains my friend yep. long after the deal is no done. No matter what happens. No matter what happens. Yeah. So from day one, I tell them, I say, you know what? We can sit and have a talk about it. I know you want to join venture with me. Yep. We're going to talk about the letter of intent. At the end of our conversation, you get to walk away without any commitment. I get to walk away without any commitment. And we remain friends. Yep. No matter what happens. It's one thing to, you know, sometimes you can say that. And however, sometimes... <laughs> the it words can, it, it changes. It right? changes, yes. right? And and you figure that out after. The yes, time, right. So, yeah. Okay. So very cool. Now you know what we could do, Naran, and um, let's let's commit to this. Why don't you and I sit down and make a point? And it doesn't have to be right away. It'll be maybe months from now. But let's sit down. Let's have a really how-to tactical conversation around this whole thing, around how you do it and structure it and all okay. that kind of stuff too. Because I wanted to, and, and that could actually be part two of okay. like, this beautiful conversation that we just had. So how would you summarize so where you've been and mm-hmm. the journey that you've gone on and all the things that have come into your life I know a little bit because we've had brief conversations about this, but I actually want you, I want to hear more Mm. about what's next for you. Like what vision do you see for yourself of taking this to the next level for you? Not just in real estate, maybe in just yourself as a person. I wish I could give you a clear answer. Well, why don't you give me the answer that's here today? Yeah, I got it. Well, maybe we can start getting some clarity around the conversation. Absolutely. (laughs) So uh, I want to create a platform. Mm -hmm where people can come to this platform or me or right now it's just me and my team so to speak and where they can have conversations surrounding money surrounding time Mm -hmm. and self-leadership yep and so that they can focus on what's really really meaningful for them right and in that process i want to be able to so somebody comes to me and they say that they're having like my typical coaching meetings, right? Mm-hmm. People will come to me and they think we're going to talk about real estate mm-hmm. and we'll end up talking about the relationship with their father or their mm-hmm. son that is not as well as it could be. Yep. And how can we solve that? And when we, when we address those issues, the investing issues become so much easier Absolutely. to deal with. Because who you are and in the process of becoming a real estate investor matters more. Matters more, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so I think for me in the, in the future, I want to increase my public speaking. Yep. That's something I used to do quite extensively before I had my accident. Yep. So I want, I want to do that quite aggressively. I want to work with bringing in lots of joint venture capital, yep. especially for even from abroad. Yep. Uh, from overseas. Yep. Uh, abroad is a very Sri Lankan term we use. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 
I want to bring in uh, capital mm-hmm. and I want to place that capital and do well. So in one side of, the, of what I see for myself yep. is somebody who can bring in capital, place that capital in a safe real estate vehicle mm-hmm. and get great returns. Yep. So that's there. At the same time, I want to address the self-leadership issue mm-hmm. of being able to lead yourself no matter what happens yep. and have those conversations. Right. 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 And I do I get it that it's no, it's a big giant that's it's a big, big giant big thing. giant yeah. ball of yarn. Yes. Right. And you know, sometimes the first step is to articulate that that's what you want to do. Yeah. That's step one number one. And maybe somebody who's watching this will sit there and go, I know how to connect you. I can connect you, at least take the next step and I'll connect you to the next yeah. step and next step and next step. So yeah. Do you have any any other desire? I believe you used to do like um, a lot of work with youth too, with yes. youth as a youth pastor, as a yes. youth, youth pastor. Yeah. Do you want to work more with the adults, or you want to work with the youth, or a little bit of both, or you just you just want to help the people that want to be helped? I think there are two areas that I want to work with. Yeah, uh, one is especially men in their forties and fifties. Yeah. That age group, there is a tremendous when in my conversations with my friends of that age group, mm-hmm. I keep running into people that have a tremendous sense of lostness, mm-hmm. of feeling like life has happened to them yep. and somehow life has happened to them more than they have lived life. Yep. And they still have a lot of gifts and skills and time and heart they want to give, mm-hmm. but they're stuck. Yep. I want to enter that conversation. Yep. If you ask me, how do we do this? I have no idea. Yet. Yet. At the moment. At yeah. the moment. Yeah. yeah. But I want to enter the conversation, have a conversation about lostness and what it means to be a man in the 21st century. Yep. Yeah. I want to deal with that. And I find that a lot of my JV partners come from that right. uh, group as well. Mm-hmm. Then flip side is that I have lots of conversations with millennials and mm-hmm. they're having a slightly different conversation. Right. Their conversation is, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. I want to find meaning now. Yeah, some identity, right? And some but meaning, more so than, a, than, more than so meaning, than, right? Yes. Yeah. But the difference in the millennial world is that millennials think that you can find and create meaning overnight. Yeah. Swipe left or swipe right. That's right. <laughs> right? right. And it doesn't happen that way. And I want to be part of the conversation of building tenacity. Mm-hmm. and uh, a backbone and uh, perseverance and resilience yeah. uh, within the millennial community. Mm. So really everything that's that we've talked about here, your story leading up to this moment is actually you doing the work to lead you to this next logical step for you and yes. take it into a larger platform. So into a larger platform. Right. There's a third platform. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the it third, gets deeper. It gets deeper. Yes. So you haven't thought about this at all, have you? <laughs> no, it, it, <laughs> I'm joking. I just don't have a, my mind map is very convoluted. It, it's, you, you know the mission and you know the vision and you know what it is. You just have, you don't see all the steps. All the steps. Yet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the, you just need somebody to tell you maybe a little thing on the side about, yeah. uh, you know, in the land of the blind, the one eyed person. Right? Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so in the, the third area is I am deeply concerned yeah. about the tremendous amount of brain drain we have in our world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do not tap into the intellectual capacity of people around us. Right. Because we have not been taught to think effectively. Mm. And on one side in the Western world, I find that we are not taught to think critically. Right. We are taught to think in 
small bites and Twitter feeds and yeah. and, and respond memes with and, memes and yeah. uh, so I want to enter the conversation of how do we think properly yeah, in Western thinking. critical thinking yeah. in the Western world. Yeah. And then in the third world countries, what I find is that poverty affects mm-hmm. so drastically, it paralyzes any brain power. Yep. I want to enter the conversation and have solutions to mine the academic brain power within the third world. So I want to create that. One of my JV partners is chancellor at a university in Nairobi. And he and I have had a few conversations and I want to do something more to rip into people's minds. And I know that sounds very strong, but that's how I feel. I I want to get in there and I want to teach people everything from, again, critical thinking skills. But also create the economic world around them yep. that will release them to be who they are. Wow. Uh, so when I look at, uh, you know, we talk about, I recently heard a stat, and I haven't looked into the stat, but it's that uh, the idea is that when you increase the GDP of the average person, yep. a lot of the other issues that are first world problems mm-hmm. take care of themselves. Absolutely. So I, I want to enter that world of conversation. Wow. So no little feet. <laughs> no little feet, yes. Right. And, and um, you know, I'm here to, to whatever way, shape, or form in my small way I can do. I'd yeah. love to be able to help and support some of those things too. Thank is, you. Is, um, let's put it this way. Knowing where you've come from, mm-hmm. knowing everything you've done, and knowing all the obstacles and resiliency and things that you've done, consider this, I already consider this a done deal of what you're trying to accomplish because I Thank just you. know who you are. Thank you. Um, Before I forget, um, please tell people where they can get hold of you. You have a website. Is there a phone (laughs) number? You know, I want to. If people want to reach out to you, maybe they know somebody to connect you to, or maybe they want to have a further conversation or whatever. How can people get hold of you? Easiest way. Yeah. My email. Yep. Kw K as in Kitchener, W as in Waterloo. Yeah. Homes H O M E S. Yep. At live.ca. Kwhomes at live.ca. Kwhomes at live.ca. My phone number is four one six. 821-6811. 821-6811. What's the name of your business, your company? It's all numbered companies. Oh, See, okay. Here, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny so story. So if I was to put a little thing along the bottom about, do you just want your name put on there? Or do you want a business name? Or what do you want? Uh, My name, Real Estate Investment Advisor. Okay, done. Okay. Awesome. A number of years ago, mm-hmm. I was uh, at a meeting. Yep. Derek Lobo was speaking. Yep. Derek very well. And uh, Derek had introduced, uh, Don Campbell had introduced me to Derek. Yep. So someone else was speaking. I'm standing at the back of the room. And Derek and I are having just a conversation in the back of the room while mm-hmm. the event is going on. Derek leans over to me and he says, Frank, give me a card. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't have a business card. And he goes, you brought in all that capital without a business card? Mm-hmm. And I was being a little snarky. And I said, yes, I did without a business card. And he looked at me and goes, hmm. Think of what you could have brought in with a business card. <laughs> the next day I went and got business cards. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So my area where I'm weakest at is in the website. Yep. Uh, that whole social media yep. uh, stuff is it's not my strength. Yep. And every time I go, I, I say I've got to create time to do this, I end up with the partner that has capital that needs to be placed. <laughs> got too many so, deals on the go. So I gotta, <laughs> well, here's the thing is it served you without it. 
at yes. the moment. And, yes. and maybe the next version and evolution is to help it for there. So a couple things before we do. So I want you to give some thought to the final answer, uh, final question I'm going to ask you. Okay. I'm going to offer you something before I ask the question, but here's the question. Okay. I'm going to give you the exam before, <laughs> before you have to take the Perfect. Test. All right. Um, and I'm Great. just going to ask you like a, a final inspirational thought that if somebody's sitting here watching this and they're maybe a little stuck or they're just, you know, not sure what to do, what would be something inspirational for that you can offer them? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that but be- I can offer That them? you can offer them. Okay. But before okay. you answer that question, what I wanted to do is I just wanted to... Um, I wanted to just share how grateful I am, how grateful that who you show up as a person. And every time we have ever had a conversation, sorry if it sounds like it's about me, but I feel like I'm a better person every time we have ever interacted. Thank you. And if you have people in your life that will always make you feel a better person after you've had an interaction with them, if there was more people like that in this world, we'd have fewer problems. Yes. Right. And, and I just wanted to acknowledge who you are and how you show up. And you just show up fully and in service every time we have ever interacted. Uh, I'm just blown away that you just keep bringing the bar and showing up higher and serving at a higher level each and every time we do that. So I just wanted to thank you so that. much, Russell. Okay. So the last question is, what would be a final uh, thought, an inspirational thought that you'd love to leave with people? And you may just want to use that camera there if you want to get into the soulful the moment, soul moment, the soul moment, if you want wow. to share something with people. So no pressure, though. No right? pressure. So the final word is yours. <laughs> final word, inspirational yeah. thought. You are your greatest asset. And no one is going to fight for you and be who you're supposed to be unless you do it. Hmm. I think I am often saddened by people I meet who don't see themselves the way they should see themselves. I'm not talking about thinking of yourself higher than you are, Mm -hmm. but not using the gifts and talents that that have been placed within your grasp. It it really ticks me off. And if you can find a way to break through your assumptions about yourself and your fears, you can evolve. Nice. Hey, gang. So what did you think? That's all the four segments built into a two-episode podcast, if you will, over a couple weeks. So what did you take? What were the biggest takeaways you took from this? Where did you take maybe just the mindset as, holy moly, I shouldn't be complaining about some of the things I'm bumping up against. Listen to some of the things Naran had to go, uh, you know, had to overcome. Heck, he couldn't even read or write. He had to teach himself, you know, as an adult man, he had to teach himself how to read, you know, and how he was traumatized when he would go to a conference. He had to hide in the bathrooms because it was just so overwhelming to him. And he had to teach himself to read and he taught himself to read with Don R. Campbell's real estate investing in Canada, right? You know, if you, you, we, I'm saying you, we as collectively have so many gifts. We have so many things going for us. We have so many opportunities at our fingertips that sometimes we just normalize and we take it for granted when we can't have, when something just isn't working, like being able to read and communicate and having tremendous amount of anxiety to be even just socialize with people so much so that it causes you to, you know, hide in the bathroom during the breaks because you don't want to talk to another person. But you know what? We overcome. We get her done. 
we overcome the adversity and the trauma, and we then help others on our journey to move forward. Because you know what? Sometimes we have been given these mountains to climb to just prove to others that it can be done. Okay, gang. So I hope you were as inspired by these episodes as I was when I recorded them. And now that we are bringing them out again to you. Okay, gang. So if you need any help, if you need any support, you need any guidance, maybe you're looking to bust through one of the biggest obstacles in real estate. And if you've been following along on my podcast, you know the biggest obstacles are the time, the education, the attitude mindset, the money, and the team. The T-E-A-M. Time, education, attitude, money, and lack of team. Those are the biggest obstacles. So if you need help moving forward to overcome those obstacles, I've put together a program called the Raising Capital Academy. That That's the sole mission of that program is to help you overcome those biggest obstacles of investing in real estate. And we take a lot of time to focus on the capital. We're putting together a whole new slew of resources and materials and training materials and webinars and a brand new community platform, and we're just taking it up to the next level. So if you are interested to become part of that community, community of action takers, a community of people that don't just talk about it, a community of people that actually get it done, all the most, I start to say most I shouldn't say most. I would say almost all of the expert interviews that you've heard on my podcast are people that are part of the Raising Capital Academy. That's just the quality of people that are in the community. People helping people, people moving forward, and all helping each other. So if you are interested in the show notes below, check out the Raising Capital Academy. There's probably a special going on right now, and I'm going to be adding more resources, like I said. And when we start adding those more resources, the price is going to be going up. So if you are interested in getting in at the current promotional special, check out that link, check out what it's all about before the price goes up and then we start or start charging on a monthly fee or a yearly fee. Right now, it's a one-time lifetime access to get access to all the material involved in that program. Okay, with all that being said, guys, if it resonates for you, if you want to move forward with Velocity, check out the Raising Capital Academy. If it doesn't, no problem. Another podcast episode's coming up next week. Okay, gang, before we sign off, you know, we end each and every one of these episodes in every interaction we have with another person. Always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.